Fewer than 10% of federal employees are under 30 years old, and at some agencies, more than half of employees are eligible to retire. Shane Canfield is Chief Executive Officer of WEPA. Shane, welcome. It's great to see you again, my friend. What changes are you seeing to the composition of the workforce that gets us to two years from now or five years from now, based on the numbers that I mentioned a moment ago? Welcome. Well, great to see you again, Francis. I think the big one is a topic which is not new, but that does not mean it isn't front and center and will be an issue over the next five, 10 years. You mentioned it, rightly so. Eligible to retire. The baby boomer generation is looking at retirement and has been COVID with this tremendous upset to the U.S. economy. I know feds uh, have good job security, but 40 million people lost their jobs in 2020. That's an astonishing number. We, we all know that. The, with the federal workforce, though, many dual earner households, and if half of your household lost their job or has job uncertainty, then people tend to want to stay in place. COVID also allowed a lot of work from home. Those two, two things together pushed off a lot of people's decision to retire. And now, with the economy, it's still so rocky, at least on the equity side, fixed income is coming up, but not in huge amounts. There's still an, a reason to, to stay working, but they will retire at some point. So this planning, succession planning, is something that really needs to be looked at and continued to be looked at and evolved and improved. You know, at our uh, office, I have to think about this too. People get to a certain age. And uh, it, those same dynamics that I just mentioned, we didn't have a layoff at all during COVID. So, uh, but the uncertainty in, in the U.S. economy makes people want to keep working. Um, I would say just keep the foot on the gas with getting ready for probably tens of thousands of people retiring within a few years all of the institutionalizing their uh, collective learnings, making sure that's passed on to the next generation. And not just with a couple of meetings, but you know, in, in documentation, in writing, and then physical training of them for the people that will come after them. All of these things that you would do in any, it's a common sense approach, Francis, but uh, I, I do worry that uh, if a third of the workforce leaves in 10 years, oh my goodness. You get out into the agencies all the time. You're talking to folks, leaders, rank and file folks, and so on. And you flagged for me two agencies that are doing co really cool things to attract and retain younger employees. You flagged for me the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the Social Security Administration. What are you seeing at both of those places, Shane, that really made an impact on you as far as how to get younger folks in government and then keep them once we have them? So at the, at the Geospatial Intelligence Agency, um, the younger employees are assigned one project which works its way through the entire agency, top to bottom. This gives people a lens into what happens at all levels of the federal government, because not every single job obviously has the same responsibility, the same opportunity to really drive decisions and direction. That's, that's a tremendously important in fact, I don't see that in the private sector. So, I, you know, hats off to them for doing it. What about Social Security? What did you see there? This is something you see a bit in the private center. You can spend up to 20% of your time doing projects and working for, uh, in other parts of the department. 
to not move into that department, but just see how it works. Get a global feel of your agency or department. These kinds of creative projects really energize a young person. Uh, you know, our organization is small, Francis, compared to you know, the federal government, but you see real excitement when somebody can see and touch other pieces of their business. Uh, it gives them a glimpse. They're not siloed anymore. It gives them a glimpse. Now, that doesn't mean you, you're moving them. This isn't this isn't career training where you're moving somebody from one piece of the organization to another, which is a technique that large companies use all the time. But keep thinking creatively. This is going to inspire to not get bored, to not be siloed. You uh, flagged this for me as well. The notion of you wrote moving from the traditional model of a career ladder to more of a career web. I love that. I hope you wrote that so I can give you credit, Shane, because that makes a lot of sense when I envision what chief human capital officers tell me they're dealing with as far as how they try to retain younger employees who don't want to just move in, in a ladder type approach for 30 years and retire and, and move on. It's a fascinating concept, isn't it? It's um, the latter is moving away. Um, I do think that people want to stay in one employer with one employer over time. You know, we read, I see resumes and you'll see people that jump every couple of years to not just a, a new company, a new job. This is not a good life strategy in terms of 401ks and getting embedded in an organization, really learning it so that you can be eligible for the next entry level. But to just do the latter approach forever doesn't excite people. So, I, But I agree with you. The reality is that people need a more immersive experience throughout the organization. And um, that vision allowed by the web, ex web employment experience facilitates that. All right. As I said, you're in these agencies all the time talking to these folks and, and getting perspective on what they do and what they need. You're an organization that serves federal employees, not employs federal employees. How do you kind of flex with what is going on in the workplace so that you continue to stay aligned with what federal employees need, Shane? Yeah, we, we are, uh, as you intimate, constantly talking with them. We, uh, our board is all SES level uh, federal employees. They are non-paid. It's been that way since 1943. They bring their perspective from their agencies and workplaces. That's one piece that's exceptionally valuable. Uh, they're also members. And as a member organization, we're technically an association. We are all invested in this. It isn't like a corporation where people come in and they, and they want the one to make the next stock re report look good. That's not what's going on. So that's one piece. We listen to them. And then we're out in the community, as you mentioned. You know, I was just at the uh, Blacks in Government Conference, spoke to them. Women in Federal Law Enforcement spoke to them. Um, National Hispanic Conference on FAA employees. These are tremendous employee associations that we support on a regular basis. And Francis, I will tell you, it's we're not looking at this as we support you and therefore we're looking for X number of applications. That is not what's going on. The, the work these organizations do to train federal employees, young people in both technical skills as well as management skills, 
These are all volunteers at every one of these organizations I mentioned. Um, Francis, the energy that they have for the next generation, if we can bottle that and, and, and distribute it through the entire federal government, this, this is a winning formula. Your uh, annual member meeting and federal summit's coming October 20th. I uh, look forward to that. I've been there a couple of times before, and I always enjoy it, always learn something. Thanks for letting me horn in on it, even though I'm not a member, I'm not eligible. But uh, wish you the best of luck with that, and thanks for coming on the show with me today, Shane. Thank you very much, Francis. Good to see you.